Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosarge. As always, my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 231 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 41 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. And we had a big week one of the college football season, much better than week zero. Much better. It was much better. So I'm excited to dive into that today and talk about all all that we saw in the pod. I think a lot of new things. And I'm also drafting my final fantasy draft of the season as we record this they scheduled this number 75 for you shane uh look i i mean if you count all the best balls i mean 50 is probably an accurate number uh so i have a problem it's been worse i've been in triple that uh in my life so i've gotten a little bit better everything in moderation now I have one, as we have long discussed on this podcast. I, I, I really like some year. I'm getting you into a Debbie League. We're gonna we're gonna get you hooked up here. Ah, uh, um, yeah. We've got several questions already in the draft countdown Discord. If you are not a member of that, the link is right there on your screen. Uh, we will drop a link to it in the chat here momentarily, and you can join the Discord that way. A lot of questions there. We've got some questions already on Twitter. And if uh, you're watching us live here, drop that, uh, drop a question in the comments in the chat there, and we'll answer all of these at the end of the episode. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to have a lot of questions there, Shane. Uh, not a lot headline-making news. I only had one note here, um, sort of a, a minor change in the all-star circuit, uh, so to speak. But the uh, HBCU Combine was uh, prior to the Senior Bowl last year, uh, I, I attended it here. It was in Mobile. Uh, they have moved it this year to be in conjunction with the HBCU Legacy Bowl, uh, which takes place in New Orleans. So the HBCU Combine will now be on February 20th of 2023, preceding the HBCU Legacy Bowl uh, in New Orleans on um, February 25th. The uh, Combine will take place at the New Orleans Saints practice facility uh, there, so I actually I feel like this as much as I liked it being in Mobile last year, Shane. I think this makes a ton more sense uh, for those guys. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense. Most of them are already there, and you know you have a lot of NFL scouts already there. You don't have to have this whole separate event, and it, it seemed to help. I think I think having the combine helped. We had you know more players from HBCUs drafted last year than we have had in a long time. So I, hopefully this just continues that trend because I think there are a lot of good players at HBCUs. And, you know, I uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to dive in further this season than I did last year into some of those games. Yeah, I, uh, I watched one on Sunday. Uh, it wasn't much of a game, but I did watch it, uh, the Ford A&M and, Ford and Jackson State game. Uh, speaking of week one, Shane, and you mentioned it uh, in the opening there, a lot better games uh, in week one than we got in week zero. And uh, we always look back at the week and, you know, name one or two players that, you know, jumped out to us. And I mentioned to you in the Discord uh, as I was watching the game, I believe it was Thursday night, I was like, well, I know who I'm going to go with. We saw the guys, and it's Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders. Uh, what a game against Central Michigan. Not a great team, not a bad team. Yeah, I mean, not awful. Uh, but they were involved in a shootout, and Sanders, uh, I don't remember him looking that good last year when I, when I watched Oklahoma State play, but, man, he looked 
awesome out there. Uh, open field running ability. His arms look good. Accuracy looked good the other night. Four four hundred plus yards passing. Six total offensive touchdowns. Two running. Four passing. Great game for Sanders against the Chippewas. Yeah, and he he's a player who's had flashes. Like he's had a game here, a game there that's really flashed, um, but never put together a full season. Never you know done it consistently. You watch the next game, you're like, ooh. So I think that's what's going to be interesting. You know, is he going to keep this going? Because if so, I think he is a legitimate talent. He has arm talent. He can move around in the pocket. So that's that's a great call. So, yeah, I think uh, if I remember correctly, you'll be getting an eye on him this week. Is that correct? I believe so, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. So we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about him a little bit more. Uh, who's who's an offensive player that stood out to you this week, Shane? Yeah, you know, offensive-wise, um, and I feel like we're going to be talking about him a couple times on this show, but, um, I mean, Anthony Richardson at Florida, you know, he was a player who I think both of us, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, both of us have had in our first round kind of in the back end. Like, he's he's huge, he's athletic, he's 240 pounds, he runs a 4-5. He's never started, you know, they started Emory Jones last year, and then, you know, he came into this game against Utah, who's favored to win the Pac-12 this this season. And, I mean, on the ground, absolutely just dominated three rushing touchdowns. Um, passing, I thought, was okay. Like, I, I wouldn't – he had a couple, uh, you know, passes that I thought were NFL throws. And then, um, you know, the, the big one was the two-point conversion where he pushed off a defender, threw the ball to the back of the end zone, and hit his receiver in the corner – uh, for for the two point conversion, so you don't see that on the stat sheet, but like that's that was an NFL throw. So um, I want to see that progress, but I, I mean, it, it was like watching Cam Newton. I, I've made that comparison with him, but that's what in terms of the rushing and the athleticism, you know, the sky's the limit. So I'm excited this week. You know, Florida Kentucky is going to be a good game. I feel like you have been on his side longer than most. And uh, you've stuck by him no matter how many people have said he's only played two games. <laughs> but, but Shane, you've been on him, and he uh, he cashed out for you this week for sure. Uh, and that two point conversion, you, everybody saw that on the on highlights. Yeah. On, if you were on Twitter Saturday night, you saw that play. It was. It was. I mean, my my jaw was on the ground. That that's what that play did. Like unreal. I uh, have a defensive player I want to talk about. Uh, I've seen a lot of buzz from him, especially mostly coming from Jim Nagy in the senior bowl. And I got to look at him uh, Saturday night against Boise state and that's Oregon state corner res John Wright. And this guy balled out against Boise state lockdown corner, great length. I, uh, I wrote about him this in the, uh, in my write up yesterday, just based off play speed. I think he's going to go sub 4-4. Four, four oh, wow. I, I think with his size and length, I think he's going to go sub 4-4. Four, four, and you're going to look at a guy who could shoot up draft boards uh, throughout uh, as this process goes. Um, maybe I'll get a chance to see him down here in Mobile uh, for the Senior Bowl. Fingers crossed. I think that'll uh, go a long way too. But Rez John Wright uh, has moved up my board uh, from not on it to – Top seven corner, top six corner right now. I see. Boise State receivers are not, you know, they're not just flashing the pan. They're not 
Yeah, they have some legit guys. There was no Khalil Shakir out there, but yeah, I agree. Yes. So, um, defensive player for you this week? Yeah. Oh, look, this one's easy as well. (laughs) Uh, Jared Verse, the edge rusher for Florida State, transferred from Albany to Florida State. And, like, um, you know, playing against LSU, he just absolutely dominated uh, Will Campbell, their, their left tackle, true freshman. Uh, which, you know, I guess you can expect that. But, this, you know, it's a transfer player from a small school who just came in two sacks. Um, and and I, I tweeted, like, last year you watched Jermaine Johnson, I think, the first week or two, and you were like, this guy's legit. Like, first round, I was like, Brian, come on, man. It's been, like, two weeks. Like, you can't say he's a first-round pick. And then, look, he, he was a first-round pick. I mean, I got those vibes from Jared first. But he was just multiple ways of winning the first step was good. He was he was doing counter moves to the inside, um, a nice spin move at one point that got him into the backfield. And more than two sacks, I mean, he was creating pressure. Like it, it was, it, it was impressive uh, from a player that I didn't know much about coming into the season. Um, so I definitely, I got to keep an eye out for. Not many Albany Great Danes uh, in the NFL. So right. right. Uh, so yeah, that's I'm anxious to see that. Shane, last year uh, we went through all of the position groups and we debated the top five at each position. You know where we're at, kind of mid-season, so to speak, before the process takes hold. We're going to start that tonight with obviously the quarterbacks. Uh, I'm anxious to see the podcast in a couple of weeks, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. I won't be here, but I believe you're going to have a guest host on. I'm anxious to hear uh, you guys debate on players. Of my rankings that aren't here. So, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That ought to be fun. Uh, and, and since I believe we're going to have one of your uh, Debbie guys on, I'll I'll make sure it's a skill position that week. All right, thank you. Yeah, I think I think he'll appreciate that. But uh, um, but I was looking at our top five quarterbacks, and well, Shane, there ain't a whole lot to debate here uh, as <laughs> we are lockstep on one through four. Um, so we'll start with. Number five here on both of our lists. Um, I'll start with Will Levis is my number five quarterback uh, from Kentucky. And this, for me, is I want to see more consistency, obviously, because that's not there. But he's got the prototypical size, the arm strength, and he's in more of a pro system. He's more – you feel like he'll be more pro-ready – from the get-go, has played in NFL systems the last two years at Kentucky. I want to see the consistency. This is obviously not locked in because we're in week one, after week one of the college football season. But that's where why I'm where I am with Will Levis right now. I know you're lower on him than than the consensus, so to speak. I, I am, and I, I fully recognize that the NFL is higher on him. And I imagine at some point – you know, he'll move up my rankings. Uh, no one out there has to believe this story, but, you know, I, he, when he came in at Penn State toward the end of a game, Rashawn Clifford got hurt. I remember watching him being like, wow, like this guy has, you know, has some talent, right? And there are a couple of Debbie leagues, deep Debbie leagues. I almost drafted him and I was like, that's stupid. Like this guy, he's not going to be in there. He lost to Sean Clifford. Like, what, you know, what's he going to do? And then last year kind of breaks out. And I'm like, oh man, like I regret not doing that. Um, even so then watching last year, like that Georgia game was excellent. You know, I mean, that was against the national championship defense, got NFL talent, you know, that was really good. 
but then you go back and watch some of the other SEC games, and I, I, I think he's a little more tentative. Um, I, I think his his ball placement's a little wonky. Like he has the tools, I just don't think he's put it together. And honestly, I I didn't think the week one game this week was like super impressive for the competition he was playing. I think this against Florida, we'll see what happens. I do have him lower. I, I you know he probably should be my number six or seven uh, on my board. I have him down at nine right now. Um, he's going to go higher than that. I, I think I think he definitely could go in the first round of the NFL draft. The tool set is there, and people could see some of that. You know, he to just bring up Josh Allen for every inaccurate athletic quarterback. But, you know, he has a little bit of that, like, you see the tools that could work in the NFL. Josh Allen is the new go-to. Big, it's big, just, it's a back, like, big arm. That's where it's going to be. And that's what we're going to – it's like for every improv, improvisational quarterback we see, uh, is he Mahomes? You're going to see that coming up. Uh, I do like your number five quarterback, but it's the the reason I go Levis ahead of somebody like your number five, as I said, was the pro system and everything. And so you're definitely going to see a transition has to be made with your number five, and that's Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall. Uh, talk to me about why you're so high on on McCall. Look, I, I just think McCall has that quick release. I think it's lightning quick. Um, he's yeah, the, the system is is wonky. Like it is wild, right? Uh, There's not so, a whole lot of trans uh, translation to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, it's probably the weird system. Like right? it's you know a, a lot of RPO, a lot of read option, a lot of you know just one read go. But I you know I think that that fast release uh i really like the way he guides the ball to the spot i i think he's made his receivers better in a lot of ways um has continued that like do i think grace mccall's a first round pick no you know I, that's not going to happen do i think he can be a third or fourth round pick who makes a career in the nfl i do um so it's kind of a, a safety thing i think for me even without that pro system i think there's there's something there to like um and and it's you know it's very tight um, you know, with Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, who I like as well. So I think both those guys are um, really intriguing, along with Levis. I think by the end of this process, you could see any of these four that we had that we're going to talk about next end up in those top two spots. I think we could see some some moving and shaking. I mean, like everybody right now, and has the same one and two that we have, but it wouldn't shock me at the end of the process. If our three and fours are in the one and two spots and just based off size and everything else. So number four for both of us, we've talked about him already is Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida. You've compared him to Cam Newton. I think there's a lot there, especially if he has basically once like if he plays the entire 2023 season, 2022 season, the way that he played week one, we're going to be talking about that at the end of the season because Cam Newton had the one season and that was it at Auburn. So we could, you could see that sort of precipitous rise from Anthony Richardson if he consistently plays like he did in week one all the way throughout. And I, and I will say he has to – he's got to get better passing the football. Like I think he's taken a big step from last year in terms of mechanics, but definitely inconsistent in how he throws the ball at this point. Um, so, you know, that, that has to get better. Like Cam Newton was 
early, very early on that, that year, you know, showed that he could throw the ball. And Anthony Richardson hasn't showed that yet. If he does, sky's the limit. Like, number one overall picks the limit. Like, it could happen. Uh, I, You know, part of me is kind of hoping he stays in school another year because then I think we could definitely be talking about, like, the number one quarterback in 2024 uh, where there's less competition to me and that size is going to be head and shoulders above everyone else. So I, I would love with Billy Napier, who seems to be doing a good job, I, I'd actually love to see Anthony Richardson not declare this year and stay an extra year. And, you know, he, he could be that number one overall kind of pick. Another guy who would have that option played a little more last year, and that is both of our number three quarterbacks here, Miami's Tyler Van Dyke, uh, who I watched passively on Saturday. I had it on my laptop because I was like, I want to see how they do, you know, and just every time I looked down at my laptop, they were scoring. Now, granted, they were playing Bethune-Cookman, but, you know, still, Van Dyke, he's everything you want, man. Big arm, big, great size. Uh, I'd love to see a little more mobility out of him, a little more, you know, movement in the pocket, uh, but he really doesn't have to. He wins in the pocket, and that's, uh, that's kind of – where I'm at with Tyler Van Dyke and why I am hype on him and think, you know, he could elevate up into the top two quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I thought the I thought the game this week was was solid. I think there are a couple deep passes that he did really well um throwing. But that you know that's kind of his game last year was like he looked deep. You know, I almost want to see the touch and some of the short range stuff a little bit more. Um, with Tyler Van Dyke, and I think we're going to get a chance to see that in the ACC play. And he, he can move in the pocket. He's not a statue or anything like that. So um, it, it's exciting. I, I think it's a little projection from both of us, similar to Anthony Richardson. You know, there's a little projection there where Will Levis is probably a little more polished and we kind of know what we're getting. Uh, but I, I think Tyler Van Dyke could end up being an NFL star at his size and that arm strength and downfield passing. Uh, number two for both of us is Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. I think we'll – I know I'm officially watching that game on Saturday, and I assume you will watch it. Yeah, yeah. at some point I will watch that game. <laughs> um, he didn't do anything wrong against Utah State. I think, you know, that was to be expected. Uh, I mean, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. He's going to put up big numbers all season long. The only question with him – it's his size, and that's going to be the thing that's going to hang over him throughout this process. And I think it's a fair criticism, but he hasn't really been injured, I don't think. Nope. Uh, so it hasn't affected him up to this point, but those are questions that are going to come up. Accuracy is not going to be an issue. I mean, but, I mean, granted, like I said, against Utah State, he was throwing to guys that were uncovered, nobody <laughs> around him for five, six yards. So – Anxious to see if he gets those kind of passing windows against Texas this week. I think he will, but uh, we'll see. Uh, where, how are you on Bryce Young? I, I love him, um, and I think the fact that he did come in, I know it's Utah State, but the fact he came in after a Heisman Trophy winning season and was just on point, rushed the ball a lot more than he did last year. I hope we see more of that. Like, show us that. That's another tool in that toolbox that – these, a lot of these other quarterback prospects like our number one and like Tyler Van Dyke just, you know, don't do. Um, you can utilize that to your advantage. So I hope we see more of that. Um, 
and, and we've seen a six-foot quarterback go number one overall. Like it, you know, we've seen a five-nine quarterback go number one overall. <laughs> you know, so um, I, you know, I, I get my fear is Bryce Young is going to come in under the six-foot mark, which is then becomes really tough. I think to you know to to put your franchise in his hands, but he's playing at the highest level and he's really good and his passes are just on point and he's you know he's beat Georgia. Um, they've, you know, he's been under pressure and had to perform and had to come back and win games already. Yeah. He, he was, he was like in this, this class, this recruiting class, I mean, he was my number one quarterback coming in from high school and that, you know, hasn't changed too much uh, as he's number two on both our lists. And number one on both our lists is obviously Ohio state quarterback, CJ Stroud. Um, you watched him Saturday night. Uh, he came out a little shaky. Did I read that correctly? Yeah, I, you know, I actually had him on my stock down list. Not that he's fallen down from my one spot or even number one overall spot, but um, Jackson Smith and Jake Butt got hurt. His number one receiver, maybe the best receiver in the country. And yeah, uh, you know, a, a little shaky in terms of ball placement and timing with, with Amike Buka and some of the other receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, he struggled a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think when you watch the game, there's nothing egregious. There's no bad passes. He's not making bad decisions. Uh, honestly, he made pretty good decisions. Like it wasn't, you know, really bad by any means. But um, I think it's a question you're hoping to maybe to see a 50-point explosion. Notre Dame's defense was much improved to me from last year in a lot of areas. So I, I still have faith. I mean, he has the arm strength. He has the arm talent. Um, is playing smart. Like – He's, he's really, really good, and he has the size to boot. He's going to probably come in 6'2 and a half, uh, which is more than fine in today's NFL. Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, is there is it a long-term deal with Smith and Jigba, or is it just enough to knock him out of the game? Yeah, ha- hamstring, you know, they'll hold him out against Arkansas State. They don't need him, uh, but I imagine when push comes to shove, he could, he could play, so it shouldn't be too bad. Sounds good. I, I I was I didn't know he got hurt. So I was yeah, it was, it, was, it was a nasty looking hit too. He took a, like an elbow to the head. His helmet flew off. Like it was it was pretty nasty, but worked out. All right. So that's it. That's our top five quarterbacks. Like I said, not a whole lot of difference there, other than number five. And but obviously this whole thing's going to change between now and and late April. So yeah, we'll uh, heck some of these. Like you said, some of these guys might not even be in this draft class. We had right. this last year when we talked about it. So, um, great. I believe we got fourteen games this week on the docket, seven apiece. We're gonna we're gonna look at those games starting uh, starting tomorrow night. Uh, oh, sorry, Friday night because there is no game tomorrow night because we're not gonna compete with the NFL. So yeah. we're not stupid. So <laughs> we know nobody will watch it. But uh, Louisville at UCF, that's a 6.30 kickoff on ESPN2 Friday night. Uh, I meant for this to be my first game to watch Louisville this year, but uh, I had some DVR issues. So I'm like, well, I got to get another game in. So I watched uh, their game against Syracuse. Glad I did. Uh, but also it kind of brought me down to earth a little bit on Malik Cunningham. I liked him a lot more than you did. Uh but he was awful. Look at Syracuse. 
some really poor decisions uh, he made in that game. So a little sour on uh, <laughs> on Malik Cunningham now. Uh, as far as UCF goes, I their offense is going to be it's it's going to be run 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 with the quarterback and all that. I, it's not not going to be a whole lot of NFL evaluation for John Reese Plumley. I don't think he's not an NFL quarterback anyway. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. There's a, there's a lot of players for UCF. I think are going to have our NFL talents that I'm, I'm anxious to watch, but I hope anybody for you in this game. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I like Louisville's uh, receiver, Tyler Hudson actually had a pretty good game despite the poor play from Lee Cunningham um, transfer that basically took a number one job. I think, I think he's kind of interesting uh, and Marshawn for their tight end kind of each back kind of player is uh, interesting too. And, and UCF has, you know, always have some talent. Um, no one to me is like, Oh, exceptional, you know, going to be a big standout. Um, but we'll see. I feel like someone from UCF always finds their way. Maybe Devonte Brown, their corner, uh, finds their way into the draft. Uh, Friday night for you, Shane is uh, on CBS sports network. Uh, team I watched last week, Boise State uh, at New Mexico. Uh, not a whole lot there for New Mexico, obviously, but uh, who are you looking specifically at here for uh, Boise State? And I'm guessing it's not Hank Bachmeyer. <laughs> it, it is not. He didn't have a great game, uh, a great game there against Oregon State. But you know, we talked about JL Skinner, the safety for Boise last week. I'm a huge fan of him. I want to see him this year. I'm excited for that. I like Shane, Shane Irwin, their edge rusher. Um, so I think that Boise State defense has some NFL talent on it. Yeah, Hank Bachmeyer got benched in the first quarter. Yeah, that not not good. Is he one of those guys as a freshman? I was like, oh, maybe there's something here, and then no, no, wasn't he good. literally peaked in his first game as a freshman, and it's been all downhill since. Like he beats Florida State on the road, and it that's it, free fall. Uh, here's obviously the probably is it the biggest game of the week? Maybe I don't know, but 11 a.m. on Fox. Uh, I'll be watching Alabama at Texas, and uh, like I said, we've talked about Bryce Young already. Uh, sounded like Eli Ricks, who a lot of people were like, Is he even going to start at Alabama at a you know, making plays all over the field the other night? Um, Jameer Gibbs is a guy I want to get my eyes on because I, I you know, you're telling me he's going to be a stud. And uh, so that makes two stud running backs in this ball game is obviously B. John Robinson. The other, how's he going to do against Alabama? Yeah. This is this this is a statement game for him, right? And uh, is Jaleel Billingsley going to play? No. Okay. He He's, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's ineligible or just the third, fourth string tight end but he is not going to play Jatavian Sanders, their other tight end, uh, the younger guys is pretty good though. Not, and, uh, not eligible, but pretty good. Big fan of De- DeMarvion Overshawn, their linebacker was last year. Uh, anxious to see him. Uh, what are you looking forward to watching in this one, Shane, later on? Yeah, I mean, he said, that, you know, the running backs are exciting. Even Roshan Johnson, the uh, backup former quarterback for Texas, I think he's a draftable running back. So um, that, that the run game should be really interesting. Um, you know, I mean, Alabama, I could just name names for like days. Uh, you know, Will Anderson, I think, is going to eat 
eat up down there. But uh, yeah, I I, I want to see Eli Ricks go up against Xavier Worthy, uh, Texas's top receiver. You know, I, I think there's going to be some good matchups in that secondary if Quinn Ewers can play pretty well. Um, so it's, it's going to be fun. I, I just don't. I don't know if Texas their offensive line can hold up. That's my fear for Bijan and, and that team in general. It's going to that could be rough. How did Ewers do against ULM? What's that? How did Ewers do against ULM? Oh, not great. Not that's was not, was not ideal. That's like not I, like good. he wasn't like awful. You know, he got into a rhythm late, but there it took a little bit. Uh, so you don't you can't take a little bit against Alabama. That's not good. Uh, Alabama in the points. <laughs> that's not my lock of the week. All right, I was gonna say, but, I, but I'm saying, but I'm just stating it for the record. <laughs> Probably smart. Uh, yeah. Uh, Obviously, I watched him in an unofficial capacity last week, but officially, I'll be watching South Carolina this week because they play at Arkansas, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Um, their offensive line is not good, Shane. It has not improved, and they got beat up up front by Georgia State's defensive line. Oof. This does not bode well, I think, uh, for Saturday and a couple and some preeminent edge rushers there for Arkansas, Zach Williams, a couple other guys. Uh, they've got to get better um, this week for South Carolina to win. They won last week because there's because of Beamer ball. They blocked two punts, returned for touchdowns. Uh, when Rattler had time, it was okay. But he started – you saw some of what you saw at Oklahoma, starts forcing the ball into traffic where there's not – instead of taking the – Taking the profit, he tries to get rich, and it didn't really work out uh, against Georgia State. So that those lessons he did not fix. Uh, anybody in this game for you that I you know I didn't really talk about here? Uh, I don't know if Zach Pickens even played last week. By the way, oh, he did not show up. Interesting. If he did. He may not have played. Yeah, yeah. Or he well, was very quiet. I, I hope he gets to play in this game. Like that would be. I hope he plays because him against Ricky Stromberg, the center for Arkansas, I think would be a good matchup. Um, yeah, and I like I like some of the Arkansas defenders. Bumper pull, the linebacker uh, is really intriguing, and J- Jalen Catalan, the safety. Um, I'll say kind of like matchup-wise for me, I think uh, Jaden Hazelwood, the transfer also from Oklahoma, <laughs> going to Arkansas, you know, going to match up against the corners for South Carolina, who uh, I think that's – you know, that's where the big NFL prospects are for your squad, um, you know, this year, Cam Smith especially. But uh, I think that would be interesting to see those guys match up. You mentioned Cam Smith. He did line up in the nickel a lot. Uh, uh, injury on the outside, and he went outside, and they tried to test him. It didn't work out. But Georgia State's quarterback was awful. Yeah. Uh, another game for me at 11 a.m. because I just decided to burn my DVR up at 11 a.m. on Saturday. <laughs> ACC Network, Southern Miss at Miami. Uh, Dwayne, if you're listening, this is going to get bad, dude. <laughs> it's going to get bad. Nice. Uh, Miami's loaded, man. We've talked about Tyler Van Dyke, but they, they are loaded top to bottom on their team. Zion Nelson, the big offensive tackle, I think. Uh, has a chance to elevate his stock in this. They've got other offensive linemen that are studs. Defensive, they've got, you know, NFL players on defense, uh, including the UCLA transfer, uh, Agude. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, yeah. Mitchell Agude, I think, is uh, has a chance to be 
uh, to, to get his staff stock up a little bit. Uh, Southern Miss, it's really one player here is Frank Gore Jr., uh, who ended up playing quarterback for most of the fourth quarter in the four overtimes because apparently Southern Miss only had one quarterback on the roster and he got hurt. So they went what what they call super back, which is Wildcat. And yeah. they almost won the game. They had chances, uh, but could not beat Liberty. But uh, yeah, uh, take Miami in the points. Uh, not my and locker room. Just but, rubbing, uh, rubbing in for Dwayne out there. But, uh, but I'm, laying the, I'm laying the 25 and a half or whatever. Yeah, 25 and a half. I'm, I, I'm laying that to uh, Miami this week. Yeah, I, I actually thought Miami's offensive line was was in sync. You know, Zion Nelson, you, you mentioned, we talked about. He's kind of been a name. I don't think he's a first-round pick anymore, but I think he's a player that's kind of intriguing. Um, you know, and, and even Jalen Rivers there is interesting. So, yeah, I, 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 I maybe Southern Miss won't help me watch Miami and feel better, you know, feel more confident. But uh, soon enough, soon enough, we'll get that. Uh, first game for you on Saturday is 12 noon kickoff on ESPN plus, uh, South Alabama local to me, but they're going a long way up to central Michigan, up to Mount Pleasant, uh, saw central Michigan last week and came away impressed with a few guys, including Lou Nichols, the running back. I thought, uh, he didn't get a whole lot on the average. there. only averaged like 2.8 yards a carry, but showed a lot in the past game. Came away impressed. Came away really impressed with Thomas Incoon, their edge rusher. Uh, and did I read this correctly? South Alabama corner Daryl Luter Jr. had a zero point zero passer rating against him last year. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good. He's like top one hundred. We're, we're going to be talking about him, aren't we? So yeah, I mean, he's that's kind of why I wanted to see this game because I wanted to get a game of Daryl um, Luter Jr. and uh, you know, see how Lou Nichols fared. I, he's in my top 15 backs for this class. Um, especially, you know, you might end up catching a South Alabama game or two at some point. So I want, I want to squeeze one in there while I could. Uh, you watched them last week. You're going to watch them again this week. Uh, Tennessee at Pitt. This is a good, it's a sneaky good game. Uh, 2.30 on ABC. Uh, we talked, like I said, we talked about Pitt a lot last week. Uh, but Tennessee, we both love Hendon Hooker, I think, as a as a uh, quarterback prospect. Uh, a little older, obviously. Uh, guy I want you to tell me about, because I, I feel like I got vilified a little bit uh, for not ranking this receiver, but Cedric Tillman, uh, Tennessee, I've never watched him play. So tell me what I'm missing with Cedric Tillman. I mean, super productive, right? We've, we've seen Tennessee receivers, Velas Jones, uh, Josh Palmer get drafted fairly high. Cedric Tillman outperformed both of those players. Um, it, you know, last season was tremendous. Like, he's he's big, he's long, he gets off the line clean. Uh, you know, press coverage, he will eat that up. So, like, a really different receiver than we see. I think that's combined with the production in the SEC. is like, yeah, you know, he's, he's definitely a name – a name to keep in mind because I, when I've watched him, I've come away impressed. Like maybe he's not a, a star, you know, first round pick, but second, third round, I think you have a player that could be your number two and, and be productive. Uh, three o'clock on FS1, <laughs> and I couldn't help but laugh about this because I wrote a couple weeks ago about 
players non-SEC of Big Ten, and it intrigued me. And Donovan Smith, quarterback, Texas Tech, was one of them. And then, like, after I'd already written it, uh, he lost the starting uh, – he didn't win the starting job. Uh, but guess who's starting again now, Shane? It, like, in, injury week one. Thanks to a uh, shoulder injury to – is it Tyler – is it Shaw? Show how- I say shock, which I don't think is correct. So, I, you know, I'm not sure. I've heard it seven different ways. Doesn't matter. Anyway, he's not playing uh, for at least two weeks. So, uh, this week against Houston – uh, Texas Tech will be starting my man Donovan Smith. So now I'm super pumped to watch this game because uh, Houston's a really good football team. Uh, and they beat UTSA last week. Um, and they've got some they've got some guys on their team as well. Uh, Clayton Toon, their quarterback, not shabby. Not bad. Uh, I just realized we have Der- Derek Parrish on our uh, watch list twice. Uh, but playing different positions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think he sw- he switched positions. <laughs> so I think he switched the tight end fullback from edge yeah. rusher. So yeah, we have, we have him on there for both. You know, why not? We'll, we'll correct that. But uh, another guy, I, I, I was a, a couple games I watched last year. Christian Trahan, their tight end, stood out to me a little bit, and uh, also their receiver uh, Keyshawn Carter is pretty good. Texas Tech. Uh, another guy, Tyree Wilson, uh, getting a lot of buzz. Their edge rusher, uh, anxious to see him uh, this week as well. In addition uh, to Donovan Smith, who I'm apparently his number one member of his fan club. Yeah, look, look, I, I'm a Donovan. I've Donovan Smith a number of college fantasy football leagues. I'm excited for this week for him as well. I, you know, Houston has some good players. Nathaniel Dell, their small five seven buck fifty wide receiver, who's an explosive playmaker. Special teams, Patrick Paul, their offensive tackle, could be a potential top 100 pick. So, you know, Houston's not a bad squad. Yeah, they're not a bad team. And uh, Texas Tech going to be they're gonna be tossing the ball all over the place. Um, I even like their running back, Taj Brooks. You know, he's he's not going to come out this year, but he's, he's eligible and is kind of an interesting pass catching back. Virginia at Illinois, 3 p.m. on ESPNU. Shane, this is yours. We're going to talk more about their running back in – we have a question about him, so we'll, we'll, we'll say that for later. But uh, Virginia almost lost to Richmond uh, <laughs> last week. I uh, was not expecting that, uh, but Brennan Armstrong, I think, is a solid quarterback here. I, I like their uh, big wide receiver, Keteon Thompson, uh, just for his versatility, what he can do. Uh, anybody else from Illinois and Virginia that you like in this game? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Virginia, all the receivers you mentioned, um, Keetion Thompson, but uh, Dontavian Wicks, Lavelle Davis, like big guys with good hands. Um, yeah, Illinois. You know, there's not there's not a ton. Um, Alex Pagzuski, their offensive tackle, I think might be draftable late. Uh, it's maybe some guys in the defensive line, but I'm interested to say, I think Illinois. They're not a good team this year, but neither is Virginia. So I think it's actually going to be like a good game. I think it's going to be close. Uh, 3 p.m. on the Big Ten Network, and you're you're literally watching this game for one guy, and I know that. But uh, Wagner at Rutgers, and this is for Titus Leo, the edge rusher from Wagner. I'm assuming is the reason you're watching this game. Uh, you're not watching this to see Rutgers and how they perform against Wagner. 
this is to see Titus Leo against Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, he's been getting a little bit of buzz. Titus Leo, the edge rusher from Wagner. It's like, I want to check it out. I mean, this is as big as game as I'm going to watch Wagner. So I figured I'd put it on the docket. And, this might be the only game of Wagner you even get to see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be rough. So I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. <laughs> uh, 6 p.m. on ESPN. I'll be watching Kentucky at Florida. And we're going to talk more about this as we have a question about this as well. But this is a separation game potentially for a couple of these quarterback prospects, Richardson and Levis. Uh, but the guy I'm maybe most intrigued to see in this entire game is I, I haven't watched him yet, and I know he's getting first-round buzz, and that's uh, Florida defensive lineman Javon Dexter. And so I'm definitely intrigued. How did he play against Utah, Shane? Uh, good. Yeah, I mean, he was impressive. You could see that get off. I'm, I'm a fan, and I need to move him up even more. He is impressive. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped to see him. Uh, Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky's got a lot of players that are going to be drafted this year. This ain't your old Kentucky team. They got a lot of, uh, including one of the best names, Cavassier uh, Smoke, the running back. I, I don't know. I mean, he's probably third team on the depth chart there, but maybe fourth team, but still, what a name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's some good names this year, and there's, there's some good ones. Uh, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN2, Shane, and we talked earlier that you would be getting to see Spencer Sanders this week. Uh, Arizona State is at Oklahoma State. Um. I really just don't know what to make of Arizona State. Um, <laughs> and that whole situation is wonky to me. Uh, all I know is I feel old when I see Chad Johnson Jr. on our watch list here. <laughs> he doesn't play a whole lot yet. No. But uh, still, it's it's ridiculous. Um, but Xavier Valade, the Wyoming transfer at running back, um, is a good player. He played well. He played well week one, so. A guy I want you to watch to make sure that I'm not crazy here is Tyler Lacey, the defensive lineman from Oklahoma State. I mean, he he took over uh, that game at times against Central Michigan uh, when their rest of their defense wasn't having a whole lot of success, if we're going to be honest. Uh, Tyler Lacey had some game-changing plays on the interior, and I came away super impressed for a guy who I really didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about coming into last week. So uh, – Keep an eye out on, on Big 89 there uh, for Oklahoma State on defense. Yeah, no, I, I, I will. I'm glad you tipped me off to him, so it'll be interesting to see. Arizona State's kind of messy, um, so another game that could end up being a good game. Uh, 9.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network is Oregon State at Fresno State, another team I saw last week, Oregon State. Uh, talked about Rez John Wright earlier. Uh, uh Last Thursday, uh, in Brad Menendez's first column for us, he talked about Jake Hayner, Fresno State quarterback. This will be your first uh, look at him this year after significant watches last year, thinking we were going to get him in last year's draft class. And I know you're a big fan of their wide receiver, Jalen Cropper. Uh, Oregon State, like I said, some uh, some standouts, Ray John Wright. I thought their other corner, could, just because he got targeted a lot, uh, is Alex Austin. Uh, fourth-year player at corner as well. Thought he had a really good game against Boise State. So though some booking corners of Luke Musgrave, their tight end we talked about last week, also had a really good game against the Broncos. So um, yeah, Boise, Oregon State, Fresno State, good game to watch. Yeah, I think it'll be good. I like Omar Spates, Oregon State's linebacker as well, and um, even Fresno's running back Jordan Mims, an older guy, productive but productive player. 
you know, not draft tool, but I think could make a, a camp. And I think we both have liked Dante Bull, the offensive tackle. He's never, he's one of the most inconsistent players I've yeah. watched in a long time. But, you know, hey, you never know. It could be intriguing. Late night for Mississippi State uh, is a 10 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. They're at Arizona. Arizona, big win. And uh, week one for those guys beating the crap out of San Diego State and uh, in week one. And uh, they did it uh, at the hands of Washington State uh, quarterback transfer, Jaden DeWara. Uh, but they've got some guys, including UTEP wide receiver transfer, Jacob Cowling. I think we've got a question about him uh, to talk about. So we'll talk about him more in a minute. But uh, there's some good players on this Arizona team. Uh, good job by Jed Fish and then mining the transfer portal there. They could have a – you could see a big turnaround for Arizona this year in what is, I think, a – Safe to say, a diluted Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it looked it looked bad. It looked like Arizona's going to be like one of the worst teams in FBS, and they brought in some good players, like you said, transfer portal wise, and just kind of hammered away. I think a lot of hard work went into that. Uh, Mississippi State, man, has come a long way. They have some good defenders. Like that's not something we would have said under a Mike Leach team, you know, ever, let alone Mississippi State before him. So. um yeah, that, that's going to be a fun game. I'm going to try to try to catch a, maybe a little bit of that one late night. We'll see what happens. Burn that midnight oil, Shane. Yeah. Burn it yeah. up. Uh, so, yeah, that's all of our games this week, uh, week two. Looking forward to it, man. Like I said, I, I really just – I got into it. I, I It took me a while to watch Oregon and Georgia finally, but I finally got to it yesterday. Thanks, local ABC affiliate. Jamming you over there, man. Ah, it's horrible. Shane, uh, it's time for our weekly lock of the week segment. And oh, come on, Shane. Look, look, look. Only you, two, man. Last year I did really well, and and you, you know, you you hung around. This year we're just flip, flipping the script. So well, we got to get it right this week, Shane. Yeah. Uh, like last week, I had South Carolina went homer, and they covered handily. Uh, thanks to those block punts, and. Uh, you almost pulled it out. Uh, uh, that goes close for so long. Yeah, yeah uh, 23, uh, 23 and a half points you were getting with Kent State. They lost by, I believe, 25. Yeah, it was so, oh, man, it, so it, close. It hurt. But still a loss, Shane. So yeah. I'll let you go first this week. All right. Maybe that'll help you get get off the snide here. Who you yes. got, Shane? Yeah, so look. I, I was by FanDuel, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm going against everything I believe in and betting for this pick. Right. Like I, you know, I, in college, I like taking underdogs, big numbers, you know, and if, if someone's a home underdog, I like taking them, but I'm taking a road favorite here and that's Tennessee minus six and a half against Pitt. Um, as much as it pains me being in Pittsburgh and I, you know, I kind of root for Pitt as like a second team after Ohio state. Uh, but I just think that game against West Virginia was so much energy, so much emotion, so physical. I think they're going to really struggle to come, you know, turn around, face an SEC team with a very good quarterback. Um, and, and, you know, I think Pitt's front seven is going to get some pressure, but I think their secondary is not built to compete with Tennessee. I think Tennessee wins by at least a touchdown, um, even though it's on the road. I like that pick. I like that pick. Um I, you know what? I watched Duke last week against Charlotte. Is kind of on the computer. <laughs> I might be drinking the Kool Aid here, but oh. Duke looked good against Charlotte. 
the other night. They won 30 to nothing. And they're a big dog on the road to Northwestern. Ooh. I'm going to take Duke plus nine and a half on the road at Northwestern this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, super, super interesting because I, I don't think Northwestern's that great. Um, Duke played Temple Temple I'm last sorry. week. Yeah, that's fine. I, I want to make sure. Um, yeah, shut them out, which I don't know. Last time Duke's probably shut out any team, so I, that's that. I like it. I like it. That's a lot. It's a lot of points too. For I don't want to play Charlotte because I had that on the screen at some point. Top two. It's it's fine. It's fine. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got several questions to get to. Shane, uh, let's start with the uh, the Twitter questions first because that will take me longer to get to. <laughs> yeah, but uh, at Fab Falco, ask, what do you guys think about tight end Luke Musgrave, Oregon State? He was in Feldman's freak list and has a good size, 6'6", 250. He had a nice week one going six for 89 and a touchdown. Love the, guy, love the work you guys do. Thanks a lot there, uh, Fab Falco there, old footsteps. Uh we, we, we kind of talked about Luke Musgrave already, but, yeah, I think we're both fans. I, I mean, I, I – last year they didn't use him that much in the past game, and week one they did. Like, he, he's such a weapon. He's so big and so athletic. I think he's going to be a mismatch all year. I, I think second to third round is entirely possible in this, this tight end class for Luke Musgrave, and it wouldn't surprise me to even see him get more buzz as time goes on. So, I'm – Big fan. I think he's going to have a great productive season. It's also with, with Musgrave is, you know how people like the, 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 the bloodline there. And with his dad being a longtime NFL player and coach. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> I know. Uh, Sal asked on Twitter, why do you think certain positions like running back have fallen so far in drafts? Rarely one pick in the first round anymore. Other positions like defensive end, corner, defensive tackle, and safety seem to go much higher. This this feels easy to me. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's a good question. I think it's a good draft kind of game theory question, right? But uh, what, what's your what's your answer? I mean, I, yeah, I think there's – Don't pay them. <laughs> Just never pay running backs, ever. That, that's kind of where I'm at now. Because, I mean, you can find these guys in the third, fourth round that have just as much impact as guys in the first round. You're rarely going to get the guy, and even the guys you draft high in the first round now, they hurt all the time. So it's like I just I think you can take that money as much and, and draft capital and use it somewhere else. I think I'd rather fail at drafting a different position than, you know, drafting a four-year running back. And I think it's just the way the NFL game has gone and the college game, right? It's moving away from running the football like they used to in the 90s. You know, you don't need Thurman Thomas. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, so I think that's the thing is teams want weapons and know that passing the football is much harder to do but also much more efficient and effective. And that's why you see the end. You got to rush the quarterback, you know, corner – you got to cover these these um, you know these receivers. That's why those are going higher. I think safety is actually falling a little bit. Like like we saw Kyle Hamilton fall last year. I think safety is a position on the kind of the running back of the defense that feels more replaceable. Um, yeah, fall I, linebackers I, another spot that's kind uh, of- yeah that, that, you know you know you're right. That's probably that's probably, that's probably even more so uh, that. But I, I just think running backs. Uh, yeah, I mean I'm with you, Brian. Like 
Scott and I used to always say we just draft a day three running back every year, and you could find you're going to find a guy right every three four years, and that's that's really all you need. Uh, several questions on the uh, draft countdown Discord. Uh, the link is in the uh, chat there if you uh, if you're watching live and you're not already on the Discord. Uh, our man Nino asked several questions. Uh, I, I, th- I think he's who's going to be filling in for you when you're out. So okay. We'll, 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 I'll have to grow him back with some of these. Uh, Will Levis versus Anthony Richardson in the Swamp. How big of a game is it for Levis? Who has more pressure, Levis or Anthony Richardson? Yeah, you know, a big Kentucky fan. A big, ah. you know, so a big Will Levis fan. Um, and honestly, I think the pressure is on Anthony Richardson because I think that big first game, the hype is real and people are going to be looking, okay, do it again. Or been throw, hearing his name all week. Throw more, you know. It's, you know, And I think Kentucky's going to say – all right, you know, throw the ball down the field. Let's they're going to stack the box and they're going to say, we'll, we'll leave your receivers one on one. Like, do it. Um, whereas I think Will Levis, if he has another above average game, like the the narrative is going to stay the same. Basically, the game to see who finishes second in the SEC East. <laughs> sure, there you go. Uh, can Jaron Hall lead BYU to another win and closer to the top 10? I don't even know who they're playing this week. Who's BYU playing this week? Yeah, we can. Um, oh, it, it's, a, it's a decent matchup. I feel like it's a tough, tough game this week for them. Did watch BYU last week. Uh, I was impressed with Jaron Hall. I'll say that. That was my first real mm-hmm. exposure to him. And, uh, you are correct. I, I questioned about whether my man with Penny Katoa was gonna, yeah, he's not the number. Yeah, Chris Brooks. That's easily uh, Chris Brooks. But they have number nine Baylor coming coming Ooh. to BYU this week. So uh, you know, it's, I it's a good game. game. I I know, I know. I I feel like I should have been on our list somewhere. I'm gonna have to, I'm, I might queue that one up for the DVR too. There you go. Um, yeah. I, look, I think Jaron Hall's a solid quarterback. He's certainly not Zach Wilson, but uh, had some nice throws. And this is gonna be a big test. I I think BYU can win. I think they have the offensive firepower. Um, and, and Baylor's a little bit rebuilding this year, in my opinion. So we'll see. Uh, can Chase Brown and Braylon Allen continue to dice up defenses? I know one of these two. Who is the other one? That who is Braylon Allen? <laughs> Braylon Allen, the running back for Wisconsin, ah, uh, okay. true, true, a second-year player who had a great first-year season last year. Um, and yes, you know, is my answer like Braylon Allen? Uh, he's two thirty-five, and and. There's some speed questions with him, but a Wisconsin running back that gets you know, 150 yards every game, you know, you know they're pretty good. Like he's going to be pretty fast. And I, I love Chase Brown, the running back for Illinois. I mean, I, he, he just was like at a whole different speed last week, and any run that he had was successful. And then Illinois would throw the football and it'd be god awful. And I was like, what? Just, just run, just run him 50 times. Um, I, I think, man, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm too hyped up on Chase Brown, but I, I think Chase Brown could be a top 100 pick when all said and done. He has that kind of athleticism. I'm going to talk about this because I don't know where else to squeeze this in in this podcast, but uh, Sean Tucker. Wow. Whew. Wow. He's yeah. got the quickest speed of a running back I, I've I've seen in years. He's, 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 a, I mean, this running back class is so good. It's just so good. You have Bijan, you have Gibbs, you have Sean Tucker, you have Zach Evans, you have Tank Bigsby, uh, Zach Charbonnet had a good game. Kenny McIntosh caught like nine passes. You know, I mean, uh, this second round is going to be loaded this year, buddy. 
Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big day two of running backs. Uh, is Will Shepard the real deal? Um, I, I I don't think I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I think that sometimes in this first week that we you know we watch some of these players and we're like, oh, you know, um, you know, but but like Vanderbilt is not gonna play. You know, Elon. yeah, Elon. They're not gonna play Hawaii every week. Like, if Will Shepard and Mike Wright, their quarterback, who's looked pretty good, let's see him play in the SEC. I think. I think. I don't know if it's legit. Now, I might be in my words a year. Who knows? But I don't. I don't see it. Uh, last question from Nino, and we're limiting you to two starting next week, Nino. <laughs> question starting next week. Why is nobody talking about Will Rogers? Uh, I'll answer this. Uh, I'll talk about him a lot more next week if he plays a great game against Arizona. How about that? Yeah, quarterback from Mississippi State. People just are scared of those Mike Leach quarterbacks. But Will Rogers has been a guy that started from almost day one of his first season and has been productive. Um, You know, I think he has some, like, Gardner Minshew in him. I think he's shown that. So, I I think Will Rogers should get talked about more. He's my QB 12. um, But – could go low. He could be. He can make the top ten quarterbacks by the end of this. Uh, Darren Johnson's got a question for the twenty twenty four draft. Um, That's your favorite. That's your favorite, obviously. And since you had a twenty twenty four mock draft up this field this week, this feels apropos. Uh, how high could Drake May, the quarterback from North Carolina, uh, raise his ranks if he keeps performing like he is? Uh, can he get up to the level of Quinn Ewers from Texas and Cade? I'm not sure where the Cade he's referring to. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Maybe you know. Maybe he meant uh, Caleb Williams, the you know the quarterback at USC. Um, but yes, I think Rick May can. I mean, North Carolina's defense outside of their two corners is pretty bad. So he's going to have to keep up. Uh, he was a high recruit. I really liked him coming out of high school. Then there was some fear he wouldn't win this job. He won it, and he's had to basically win these two games with the team on his back, losing his best receiver, Josh Downs didn't play this past week. Um, they, they dropped 60 points against app state and barely won. I, he's big. He's athletic. He can move like Drake. He made the first round of my, of my mock draft, uh, 21 to the Colts in the 2024 mock. So I, I think he could be a number one overall pick type. He could. I watched like the last five game minutes of that game enthralling. Oh. Uh, I know you watched the whole game. Yeah. What, App State scored six touchdowns in the fourth quarter and lost. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't what believe a, it. What a game. Yeah. Phoenix uh, Z asked in the uh, Discord, how, how many quarterbacks go round one in 2023? I think it's a really good question. Uh, if I had to make my bet, I would say four. I'm going to say there will be four. Four think, feels like a good number right now. Uh, yeah, I think like Stroud and Young are probably pretty locked in as long as there's no big injury or they really do poorly. I couldn't tell you who the other two are. Like maybe Anthony Richardson and Van Dyke we talked about, but you know, Hendon Hooker, Will Levis. I think Will Levis probably you know sneaks his way in there. Um, I think five is just pushing it in this class, but I think it's I, you know I wrote an article for the site. Go draft. You can check it out. Draft countdown. I, I think this is the. This is a year of the quarterback. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks drafted and should be. Uh, last question from Tyler88 in the Discord. Uh, is Jacob Cowing, the uh, transfer, UTEP transfer receiver to Arizona, going to experience a Wandale Robinson 
uh, type rise this year. Robinson drafted third round to the Giants uh, after transferring from Nebraska to Kentucky. Yeah, and I mean, that's high praise, I think, <laughs> to have a Wanda Robinson type of rise. Like, Wanda Robinson was a five star prospect. Jacob Cowing going to UTEP certainly was not. <laughs> uh, but he is athletic. I think he's an NFL player. Day two, I think, is a little rich, especially for this year, but uh, it's not out of the question, I would say. I think Jacob Cowing is going to be in the NFL, um, but maybe it won't be a high round two pick. All right, that's the last enough questions for tonight. Uh, final thoughts, Shane, uh, for you this week? No, I'm excited to keep it going. Um, I'm doing good in this fantasy draft still, so all you know, all's good for me. And I'm excited for the NFL too. We finally get the NFL back, so that's always fun. Give us a quick rundown of who you drafted so far. Uh, so this, this is like an old school, like standard no peep, no point for reception league. So I went running back heavy. Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. Um, I got AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts stacked up, and uh, Brees Hall, Jalen Waddle, Dawson Knox. It's my starters. There you go. There we go. That's so fun. I, I know, I know. It's, it's, uh, final thoughts for me. Obviously, I'm wearing this nice, beautiful orange shirt here. Uh, as you wear, have your nice, ugly yellow towel hanging on the shelf back there. Yeah, uh, back there. Yeah, what uh, to know this week for the Bengals, I do believe, as they uh, get that get that dub against the Steelers. We'll don't see. Get, they're going to toot Mitch Trubisky, baby. It's, I, it's I've getting ready. Beyond, I've gone beyond cocky at this point. I don't even care. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it for tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. If always, if you're uh, not subscribed to the YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. Uh, get notified, like the videos, all that good stuff. Hit the bell. Uh, we appreciate it. If you listen to us on audio, uh, give us a five-star review wherever it is you, you get your audio podcast from. Leave us some feedback there. Get us up on them Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcast charts. We would love to see our precipitous rise to the top so to speak. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. Go to DraftCountdown.com for everything you need NFL draft related. And that's going to do it, Shane. So until next week, good night, everybody.